Friends, welcome to Word on Fire Catholic Ministries. Word on Fire is an apostolate dedicated to the mission of evangelization, using media both old and new to share the faith on every continent and to facilitate an encounter with Christ and His Church. The efforts of Word on Fire engage the culture and bring the transformative power of God's Word where it is most needed. Today we invite you to join Bishop Robert Barron as he preaches the gospel and shares the warmth and light of Christ with each of us. Peace be with you. Friends, our readings for this weekend are each one of them magnificent. And each one, I think, speaks the same central theme. Reading one is taken from the somewhat frightening book of Leviticus. I say frightening. This book having to do with Levites or priests. I say frightening because it has to do with a lot of legal, moral, liturgical prescriptions that can seem kind of strange and alien to us. And a lot of the book of Leviticus seems more or less fussy. But this little passage cuts right to the heart of the matter, spiritually speaking. Listen. The Lord said to Moses, Speak to the whole Israelite community and tell them, Be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. Well, everybody, that's the whole spiritual life. Everything else is a commentary. You want what, What's it all about? Biblical spirituality. This is it. Be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. We're meant to have the divine life in us, and having that life makes us holy. Finally, prayer, liturgy, the sacraments, religious practices, the moral life, the example of the saints, the great art and architecture of Catholicism, all preaching come down to this, to place holiness within our hearts. Okay, now the word for holy in the Old Testament is kadosh, which, as you know, has the sense of separate or set apart. So be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. We could render that as be set apart, for I, the Lord your God, am set apart. The biblical authors, of course, were well aware that God, in his essential nature, is other than the world, so other in that sense, but also other than the wickedness that we find within the world. God's not like the world, because the world is marked in almost every, every detail by some kind of corruption, and God is other than that. Well, our holiness, our otherness, is meant to participate in that divine otherness from the wickedness that surrounds us. Okay, now can we make it a little more specific? Listen again to the author of Leviticus. You shall not bear hatred for your brother or sister in your heart. Take no revenge and cherish no grudge. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. So there it is. Holiness, the divine life, the divine otherness, is essentially a matter of love. In our love, we are set apart from the world. In our love, 
we are like unto the God of Israel. There's the formula, everyone. It's not that complicated in some ways. St. John of the Cross, our greatest mystic, you know, has volumes and volumes of detailed writing about the ins and outs of the spiritual life. And he'll say, in the evening of life, we will be judged on love, because that's what it all comes down to. All right, let's take one more step. So we've seen holiness is love, but what precisely is love? Well, here we turn with great profit to our gospel passage taken from the Sermon on the Mount. And again, what a privilege. These last several weeks we've been reading from the Sermon on the Mount. Listen to the Lord. You've heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, offer no resistance to one who's evil. When someone strikes you on your right cheek, turn the other one as well. What in the world does this mean? The next command, I think, gives away the game. The next command explains it. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your heavenly Father. Now, their Leviticus connection. By your love, you will become like God. You'll become a child of God. But again, let's press it. What is love we're talking about? It's not a feeling, not a sentiment. It's not being kind to others that they might be kind to you. Rather, as all the examples Jesus uses indicate, it's the willing of the good of the other as other. See, because if you love a friend, you might just be expecting to receive something good in return. But when you love an enemy who will not answer in kind, you truly know that you are loving. Why? Because you're, you're loving him for his own sake. Listen how magnificently the Lord specifies this point. For he, God, makes his son to rise on the good and the bad and causes rain to fall on the just and the unjust. Now listen, we're at the heart of the matter, everybody here. In other words, God doesn't send his love only on those who will love him back. He does not do kind things to the saints alone. No, no. No, no. He wills the good of saints and sinners. He wills the good of the righteous and the unrighteous. Love is all he knows how to do because love is what he is. And so, to have this divine life in us, to be holy, is to love with that same love of indifference shining on the good and the bad alike. You know, even as I, I preach these words to you, and I, I realize how I'm convicted, how much I need to hear them. I can articulate them for you. It's the difficulty is living it. Because what a revolution this is. Think how different your life would be 
were you to love this way all the time? Think how everything would turn around if you didn't constantly play games of calculation, tit for tat, eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. Think about it, everybody. Just pause and think about it. Do a little examination of conscience. How much time in the course of your day is spent doing just that kind of calculation? Yeah, I'll, I'll write him a letter because, you know, I guess he wrote something to me. And yeah, I should be nice because he was nice to me last week. But, you know, that other guy, that other guy was so obnoxious to me. Well, I am not going to do something nice for him. He expects me to do something nice. Forget it. He, he never returns the favor. We spend a lot of our time, if we're honest, playing these games of calculation, of carefully measuring out our love in a self-interested way. Listen again to Jesus now. Listen again from the Sermon on the Mount. For if you love those who love you, what recompense will you have? Do not the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet your brothers only, what is unusual about that? Do not the pagans do the same? So be perfect just as your heavenly Father is perfect. There it is. There it is. Most of us, at our best, you know, love those who, who love us back. At our best, you know, we'll loan to those who might uh, pay us back. But if that's all you do, Jesus says, what's the big deal? Don't the pagans, don't the non-believers do the same? Rather, your job is to be perfect, just as your heavenly Father is perfect. To be holy, to be set apart, to be devoted radically to love. Okay, there's reading one and reading three. So by way of conclusion, let's turn to our second reading from the first letter of Paul to the Corinthians, wherein Paul uses an image that I think is of um, masterful significance. Listen. Brothers and sisters, do you not know that you are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, Paul, when he was young Shaul from Tarsus, studied in Jerusalem. Like all Jews, he was uh, enamored of the temple, but young Shaul lived right there, moved through the holy temple. The temple was everything. He knew what it meant. It meant the dwelling place of Yahweh, the God of Israel. The place where above all places on earth, God was properly praised, where the otherness and holiness of God was made available to us. So Paul knew all that. And listen again what he says to his, his tiny little church in Corinth. Don't you know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? This is Paul's address and exhortation to those who have been grafted onto Christ through baptism and hence who have the divine life in them. He's reminding them who they are. They are temples. They are the places where God is being rightly praised. Now, what does that mean? What does that mean? Well, think of someone now in the holy temple with their sacrifice turning toward the Holy of Holies, turning toward the God of Israel. 
Paul means that everything in us is meant to turn to love, to will the good of the other. Everything in us must be dedicated to love, which means willing the good of the other. It means that our minds, it means our wills, it means our passions, it means our livelihoods, it means our friendship, it means our work, it means everything in us should be turned to love. And that makes us truly holy, truly set apart, truly a sanctuary, a holy place. Get the divine life in you. That's what the spiritual life is all about. Accept the gift of grace and dedicate everything in you to the path of love. And God bless you. Thank you for listening to this week's homily from Bishop Robert Barron. For more resources from Bishop Barron, please visit wordonfire.org.